Greetings to our San Jose campus. Uh, greetings to our community across the United States and around the world. Our Lord reigns. I want to sincerely thank you for this opportunity to teach you from the Word of God. Uh, today you're going to get a short message about a short tax collector from a short pastor. Let me start out with a little prayer. Join me, please. Father, we thank you for your word, your word that changes, your word that is a power in our life. I pray now that by your Holy Spirit, you would unleash that power. You would change lives. You would challenge us and move us, Lord, towards that goal of being Christ-like. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we are living in an unprecedented time of visibility. Uh, Facebook, TikTok, and apps that I'm not even aware of. Uh, apps that can even change our appearance. We have a 24-hour news cycle that shows us a lot of tragedy and some kindness around the world. We see and are seen more than at any other time in history. But the question remains, are we really seeing and being seen? Are we just seeing images designed to lead or mislead us? We are in a series about the God who sees. Today we'll be looking at Zacchaeus, a man of short stature but an open heart, and his encounter with the God who sees. We will look at what it means to be truly seen. Now, I realize that given my height of five foot six inches and shrinking, by the way, getting shorter every year, I could have been typecast for this message. But the truth is, I chose it because I can relate. When I was a child, my grandmother called me Little Preacher. At the time, I had no idea that I would not only become a preacher, but actually a little preacher. I know that each and every one of us has an area or several areas in our lives in which we feel short or inadequate. So I believe if you will open your ears and your heart, you will hear God say, I see you. We will look at this story from four perspectives. The first is who did Zacchaeus see? The second is who did the crowd see? The third is who did Jesus see? And the fourth is a little variation on that. Who does Jesus see? We'll begin with the reading of the scripture. My text is Luke chapter 19 verses 1 through 10. Luke chapter 19, 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was very wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because of his short stature, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once 
and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house. Because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. First, I want to talk about who did Zacchaeus see or how did he see himself? Well, first of all, we know he's a very wealthy. Uh, he was not just a tax collector, but the chief tax collector. Uh, he collected taxes for Rome and collected whatever above that that they could. And the text also tells us that he was a short man, but also a very resourceful man. Uh, to compensate for his height, he figured that the path that Jesus would take, and in verse 2 and 3, he climbed up in a tree so he could see. Interesting that he wanted to see, but had no expectation of being seen. He was in for an eternity change event. In psychology, there's a term for overcoming our perceived weaknesses. It's called compensation. And I quote, Compensation is a strategy whereby one covers up, consciously or unconsciously, weaknesses, frustrations, desires, or feelings of inadequacy or incompetence in one life area through the gratification or drive towards excellence in another area. Compensation can cover, cover up either real or imagined deficiencies and personal or physical inferiorities. Positive comp compensation may help one overcome one's difficulties. On the other hand, negative compensations do not, which results in a reinforced feeling of inferiority. Now, a little comment. Uh, I have a close friend who is six foot four inches tall. Uh, I already said I'm five foot six, six, so he and his wife and Rebecca, my wife and I, have traveled extensively together, and uh, there are many vacation photos. And every time I go through the photos, I'm reminded of the 10-inch height difference. Standing on the deck of a ship, there we are, I'm 10 inches shorter. Uh, always aware uh, <laughs> or reminded uh, that I'm much shorter than him. Uh, but there are ways to compensate. And so I've uh, tried to think up ways to compensate. Uh, now, you know, if you go to a parade, if you've ever gone to a parade, and I have, and unless you get in the front, you're not going to see unless you're taller. Uh, sometimes the games, I'll stand on the sideline unless I can get to the front. Uh, last night, my wife and I went to a music uh, concert, and, and it was outside, and we were standing there. And so I'm looking for a spot where I can see because of my height. But uh, I did figure out a way to compensate a few years ago, and I'll share that. Uh,
You ever seen one of these? This is a periscope. Uh, but it's what I used to look over the crowd. And it can extend and so forth. Very useful. Um, this helped me overcome the challenge of, to see over a crowd. Uh, but it did add to my burden of carrying a, this thing around and publicly using a periscope. Uh, I may have briefly added to the joy of some onlookers in my life. But to quote, to quote my son Aaron when he was young, Boy, and being questioned why he had done something, he replied, sometimes a man's got to do what a man's got to do. I did what I had to do. Just continuing this reading, there are two kinds of negative compensation. Overcompensation, characterized by a superiority goal, leads to a striving for power, dominance, self-esteem, and self-devaluation. Undercompensation, which includes a demand for help, leads to a lack of courage and a fear for one's life. Now, I put my little periscope in the area of healthy. I'll let you uh, be the judge of that, but I think it was a healthy compensation. I believe Zacchaeus was in the overcompensation group. He put himself in a position of power and wealth that alienated him from his community but gave him money. Hearing that Jesus was coming, he put himself in a position to see, not really to be seen. He knew that he was physically short, but he didn't know that he was spiritually short. So there he was, a wealthy, unpopular man up in a tree so that he could see. Jesus. So now we have an idea of how Zacchaeus saw himself. What about the crowd? Who did the crowd see? As is usual with crowds, they muttered and pretty much missed it on Zacchaeus and definitely missed it on Jesus. The crowd saw a tax collector that was collecting taxes for the occupying force of Rome and taxing above what Rome required for his own gain, and basically as a chief tax collector was skimming from the other tax collectors. Not a very popular man. He was stealing from them for their enemy. Now the crowd was not completely wrong about their judgment of him being a sinner. They just didn't see that he, he was being called to a visit from Jesus the savior of the lost. The crowd was just as much lost and in need of a visit from the savior as Zacchaeus. All the crowd could see was the obvious, that Jesus went to be the guest of a sinner. They missed the point that a sinner had been invited to be the guest of the savior. We tend to judge on the outer in Matthew chapter 7, verses 3 through 5, it says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? 
you hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will clearly see to remove the speck from your brother's eye. We are quick to look at others and judge. And sometimes it's because we want to take the focus off of ourselves for our own shortcomings. But as you know, looks can be deceiving. This is uh, Muggsy Bogues. If you're not familiar with him, he's five foot three inches tall. And it's a picture of him with Yao Ming, who is seven foot six inches tall. Now, judging on the surface, I can see why Ming was an NBA center. But unless I knew better, I don't think I would consider Muggsy even a good high school prospect. But here's the reality. Look at this video. Isn't that amazing? How many times do you think the young Muggsy had to overcome the superficial judgment he faced? So now we have looked at Zacchaeus, how he may have seen himself and who the crowd thought they saw. But let's look at the main point of this message. Who did Jesus see? Now this is an interesting time in the life of Jesus. He's on his way to Jerusalem and to the cross. He knows that to die on the cross for our transgressions is the most important part of his ministry. It would have been totally understandable if he had been a bit preoccupied with the coming events. But as always, Jesus stays on task to seek and to save the lost. As Jesus reaches the tree, he looks up and calls Zacchaeus by name. Now that must have been a bit of a shock to Zacchaeus and then told him that he must stay at his home. Zacchaeus does something that seems a little out of character for man in his position. He immediately obeys and welcomed him gladly. What we see here is somehow, and we don't have all the background, but there's a preparation in the heart. There's a yearning. And Jesus just looking him in the eye, calling his name, and wanting to fellowship with him, changes his life. He welcomed him gladly, calls him Lord. Now, the crowd is making their observations, and they begin to mutter. While they're doing that, though, a transformation, a new life begins for Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus proclaims Jesus as Lord and shares the immediate effect of Jesus in his life. In verse, 12, verse 8, excuse me, it says, Look, Lord, 
Here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus looks at the heart, not at the outer man. And I am so thankful for that. Jesus looks at the heart, not the outer man. In the Old Testament, in the book of Samuel, God instructs Samuel to begin looking for the next king of Israel. And in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, the Lord said to Samuel, The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The crowd looked at Zacchaeus and saw a greedy man. Jesus looked at him and saw the potential for a generous man. Now, my final thoughts. What does Jesus see in you? He sees your weakness. But he also sees his strength through you. He sees your limitations, but he also sees his abilities. I believe Jesus is saying to us that if we will come out of our place of limitations and brokenness, make him Lord of our life and be obedient to him, we can find our strength and fullness of life in him. Let me say that again. Change pronoun. And I believe he is saying to you that if you will come out of your place of limitations and brokenness by faith in him, Make him Lord of your life and be obedient to him. You can find your strength and fullness of life in him. It is Jesus who strengthens us. I believe he is speaking to all of us, believers and non-believers. Today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. I want you to know God sees you today. God really sees you. Amen.